I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors. It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time as this broadcast live right here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. Uh, as always, you can find me over at Mike at 90%.com. And uh, we got a hell of a show for you tonight. First things first, I want to uh, let you guys know that Robert McLaren is off tonight. I know all the ladies, all the girls just shut off the radio as they know they're not going to hear Robert tonight. So I'm sorry in advance, but uh, it is his birthday week. And uh, Stacy thought, what better week, what better birthday present could you give a man who has everything but to give him a night off without having to deal with me? So, uh, <laughs> Stacy, uh, the, the best gift birthday time. gift a guy could ask for. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Robert. Uh, Wherever you are. Yes. Happy birthday, Robert. And I've already bothered him since this started because I'm uh, directing the technical side of things, which pretty much could go horrible wrong at any time. But uh, I'm going to bring her on right now. Stacy Morris is uh, is here, co-host from StacyMorris.com. As always, how are you, Stacy? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing? I am fabulous. Um, and, uh, of course, with us, as always, is uh, our brand-new addition to the DDP Radio family. He is the one, the only. He's staying up late for us once again. Uh, Mr. Hayden Walden, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good. I'm nice and awake and, uh, and, and ready to enjoy the show. Awesome. Um, just so you guys know, before we put the, we introduce our guests and stuff like that, I seem to have a little bit of a lag on my end. So if for some reason I'm uh, stepping on any toes or anything like that, just uh, just barrel over me or whatever. But there's some kind of uh, off um, connection somewhere along the line. But uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and bring on our, our guest uh, and just, uh, just right away, let's get right into it. He had a little bit of a problem logging into the chat room. I don't know if he's figured that out yet, but we're working on it, so... Robert, uh, he, he should be there in just a minute, but uh, Stacy decided we gotta, we got to reach out to Arthur because we haven't talked to Arthur in a little bit, and, you know, 2016 has been a hell of a year. I'm still, I'm kind of waiting that uh, Jimmy Kimmel's just going to uh, come over and say that 2016 was just an elaborate prank for his television show, just so much going on, and uh, sometimes we need a little bit of, uh, a little bit of positivity, a little bit of uh, inspiration, and we needed a good story. And uh, we're going to bring him on in just a second. Um, uh, Arthur Borman is with us this week. How are you? Hi, I'm uh, halfway here. I'm still not able to get into the uh, chat room, but I'm here physically or electronically. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we, you'll work on that uh, as we go along. We can, we got time to, to fill. So, And if you want to, I think you can log in as a guest, too, if you can't get under your, your name, and we can just kind of highlight which one you are on there. Um, but it's uh, it's been a few months since we talked to you. How are you doing, man? Uh, summer vacation, finally. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arthur has has a hell of a schedule. He he, you know, he, as you know, he's a teacher, and you know, sometimes you know, the teaching job is such a demanding thing uh, to begin with. Uh, but you're you're dealing with uh, special needs children, and uh, yeah. you know, it can be mentally and physically you know exhausting at times, and and. Uh, how, how are you looking forward to your summer break is what I'm trying to say. Well, uh, I've been 
doing a lot of workshops over the summer. Uh, did one on pedagogy and andragogy. I've done some on data analysis. You know, dis, you know, special education is very data driven, and uh, it's really important when they bring in new systems of collecting, reporting out data, and new requirements for all that. You know, you have to. For, let, let me put it in simple words. For those people who believe that we get like summer vacation, we don't do anything wrong. Uh, plus, I've been trying to do a whole bunch of other stuff this summer as well. So. Absolutely, and you know, since you're, you first started this DDP yoga thing, you've come a long way on your journey and stuff. And a lot of people get to a point where they allow themselves to kind of slip a little bit. And you know, with you having such a demanding schedule and a lot to get you know yourself into, there's opportunities for you to make excuses. And you know, that's a time you know in summertime that's kind of easy to do. There's a lot to do, a lot of places to go, a lot of things to kind of experience. How do you keep yourself you know motivated? Because how long have you kept all this weight off yet? So far? Uh, goodness, it's been almost 10 years. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, when I, when and, I uh, first lost my weight, I had a friend of mine who, who said to me, he's, uh, she said, and it wasn't like a negative thing. It wasn't, you know, uh, to be mean, but she said, oh, everyone who loses weight ends up gaining it back. And it really kind of motivated me not to be one of those people, but it's true. A lot of people who go through those diets and, and you know, weight losses and changes and stuff end up gaining it back. And uh, how do you keep yourself from falling into that same kind of pattern as so many people end up doing? Well, I mean, I'm as human as the next guy. I have good days and bad days, good weeks and bad weeks. And, uh, you know, I think the thing is you want to just, at a purely practical level, you want to keep yourself weighed in. You know, every every couple, you want to do that on a regular schedule. That way, you know, you'll know if anything's happening. I mean, the scale doesn't lie. On the flip side, uh, another thing to be really concerned about is just making sure you're seeing your doctor regularly. If it's, you have to give I've got a cat here in my lap. Uh, if uh, you know, if you're doing everything right, and then suddenly something starts happening. You know, you got to stop and look at what you're doing. And if you are doing every single thing right and you're not lying to yourself about something and you're just realizing it, you know, that you're doing what you need to do but, you know, it's not working, then you really do want to go see, you know, your doctor. You might want to, you know, I always recommend people see a chiropractor as well as a regular doctor just because, you know, chiropractor's got a, a bigger tool set, if you will. You know, chiropractor knows when to refer somebody to a nutritionist or to a massage therapist or to an acupuncturist. A chiropractor knows also when something needs that more traditional, you know, traditional level of intervention to send you to see your, you know, your standard MD. So I always recommend, you know, a combination of things. But like I said, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to maintain that regular schedule. I hope that helps. Oh, and I love what you said about the scale, because the scale isn't everything. We all know that. But it is something. It is a, it is a mode of accountability. And I know in my personal journey, I don't know about Stacey, what she's dealt with, and, and Hayden on his, but I found that if I keep myself on the scale, not obsessively, but keep myself on there, it's a real reality check. Because you talked about, you know, making excuses and stuff like that. I know for a fact that sometimes I will make excuses for myself without even realizing that I'm making excuses for myself. I'm just trying to justify why I'm slipping right now. And if I stay away from the scale for a, for a long period of time, a couple months, you can almost guarantee it's by design subconsciously because I know that I'm slipping in the way I should be doing things. Um, so it is a really great mode of uh, um, uh, accountability and you know, that's something, you know, 10 years you've kept your weight off uh, for the most part, probably a little bit of a fluctuation in between a couple pounds, but that accountability factor and making yourself kind of grounded in that reality of knowing yourself enough to decide if you're doing the right thing or not. Well, it's, you know, it's a matter of I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. Everybody is human. To be human means every now and then you do something really, really brilliant, and then every now and then you turn around and you do something really, really stupid. And that's not any one person, that's every person. You know, we all have good days, we all have bad days. We all have those days when it's just so much that 
you know, you just want to go home and cry, you want to beat your head against the wall, you know. And it's hard dealing with that level of stress, but that's that's where community comes in. No one of us is as strong as all of us. I mean, that's not my line, but it's a true line. So that's really important. Yeah, that, the community, the DDP yoga community in itself is just such an important thing, and just a community of healthy, healthy, mentally healthy people around you. I say that because so many times people end up surrounding themselves with people that can be kind of a cancer in their lives. And the fact that I've done DDP yoga for so long and been in this community and just, you know, there's so many positive people constantly feeding you positivity without you even asking for it. You know, you, you look at the people on the internet, you look at the people you surround yourself with and you kind of absorb the positivity around you, whether you're aware of it or not. And there's that old adage that you become the five most people you hang out with in your life. You know, you become the people you hang out with and that could either be a positive or a negative thing, but you do absorb traits and kind of uh, state of minds to the people you surround yourself with. Well, that brings it back in why it's so important to surround yourself with positive people. You know, uh, a lot of times we get into this mode where, you know, oh, I did this, I screwed this up, and then we, what's the word for it? We say, okay, well, I can't go back and show my face until I'm doing it right again. And, no, that's the time when you actually do need to go and, and see people. That's when you, time when you really do need to uh, go in and get that help. You know, it's hard that's, sometimes asking for help. Sometimes I think it's... That's it's, such a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's it. Sometimes I think it's more important that... It's harder to ask for help than it is to uh, to try and go it alone. I'm still speaking of help. I'm still unable to get into this page. <laughs> but huh. uh, if anybody, I can read it. I can see it. Although all I've got is one comment from Stacy and one from Dave. Hi, Dave. But uh, <laughs> if uh, if uh, anybody else is I can read it apparently, but it doesn't look like it's advanced like it's updating itself. Uh, if you're in anyway, the chat room, put Arthur as a tag and then he well he can read them and then kind of answer them on air if you'd like. Uh so he can see them, so just add you know I, so Arthur I just and he'll kind Dave of Arthur say something back to me. But, and uh, Mike, I can't type into this bloody thing, so anyway, Mike, sorry about that. I do have a few what questions we can do. via email for Arthur. Yeah. In okay, the meantime, awesome. if anybody has anything, you know, that that I can help with, please feel free. I know that there were a couple of emails that were sent in that uh, Stacy shared with me. There was yeah, I can, yes, we have. I can read them. I can read them. I've got them right here. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first one is from um, one of our members. I think he's over on Hayden's side of the pond in Great Britain. His name is awesome. David. And I'll just read I'll just read the whole thing. It's not too long. It's it's about that eternal. We get this just about every time um, you know we have a show is is the question of motivation. So he said, um, Dear Team DDP Yoga, my wife and I have been doing DDP yoga on and off for a while now, but always seem to fall off the wagon. And it's very stop and start. I'm sure you get a lot of this, but we need tips on staying motivated, as if having nearly a three-year-old son isn't enough motivation. I feel it's more my fault as I'm forever either buying or encouraging my wife to buy comfort food after a bad day or fast food for the obvious reasons that it's quick and easy. How can I get us out of this cycle for good? Wow. That is an awesome thing. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been at that place. And, you know. Yes, we have. I think what's really hard is the fact that you have to make and you have to build that change. I hate to say it, but it's almost a one day at a time kind of thing. 
you know, you have to say, okay, I'm going to do this today. And then when it's all done, you've got one day. Then you do it the next day, you've got two days, so on and so forth. And then what happens when you screw up? You know, what happens when, you've, when you're, you're suddenly back at one day again? Well, what you have to remember is that you had 20 days or 50 days or 100 days or whatever number of days you had. And now you have one. And it's like, I did it before. I know how I did it before. So that means logically I can do it again. I mean, we, you know, I hate to put it this way, but what is science except for reproducible results? You know, you know it worked. It worked the, the last time you did it. It will work this time when you do it. The thing is not to sit there and say, okay, I have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, no, you don't. You have a process that worked. You just stopped working it. It doesn't mean the process doesn't work. You know, uh, to get stupid here for a second, think about a light switch in a room. You know when you walk into the room, you turn on the light switch, the light goes on. You turn on the light switch, the light goes on. You turn on the light switch, the light goes on. You know it works. One time you walk in, you forget to hit the switch, and you're standing there in the dark. You don't say, well, the switch is broken. I need to find something different. You go back and you turn on the switch. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's true. And I, just from my standpoint, you know, I was very much trapped and, and very locked into the pattern of eating junk food and uh, fast food. I can really relate to that. Um, and it that's a hard one to get out of. It doesn't come easily. But what I think might help David and his wife is to just slowly, don't look at it as black and white and, you know, everything everything that you once loved is now illegal and off limits, but it's really important to start coming up with healthier versions of comfort food. There, there are viable uh, choices that you can make into healthy fast food. It's going to require prep time and effort, you know, but my God, it's so worth it when you think about what it, how it's going to nourish your body, how that in turn is going to, you're going to, feel cleaner, you're not going to be as foggy. Uh, I think part of the reason you're probably jumping on and off the workout wagon is, you know, you're, you're literally drugged with, with substance. And, and that's, you know, I had to go through a gradual detox. I didn't, I didn't do it overnight, but I said, you know, like this food that I've been living on is just not serving me in so many ways. And, you know, Obviously, it put a lot of weight on me, but it really diminished um, my energy and my mental capacity. So um, I think a really good course of action would be to gradually um, distance yourself from some of the most toxic, harmful stuff and and come up with some alternatives. Um, there are lots of good blogs out there with clean recipes. Team DDP Yoga has hundreds of clean recipes on its site now from reader contributions. Um, go to stacymorris.com. I blog recipes all the time. So try that in terms of the food, and I think that might change your mental outlook a bit when you get some cleaner food in your repertoire. And do, do what works for you. Stacey, you talked about the clean eating thing uh, and the fast food thing. Um, I will, I will tell you to your face that I don't care what anyone thinks and I will completely be lying to you, but I have no problem telling you that I don't care what anyone thinks. I way too much overthink what other people's opinions are of me. And with those things, you got to, you can't let the opinions of people kind of dictate those things. We, we talk to, we talk about gluten-free quite a bit here on DDP Yoga and team DDP Yoga and Dallas introduced me to it way back in the day. And I felt amazing on it. I did great on it. I was the best shape in my life. And, you know, the gluten-free thing, you know, some people, you know, there was they get a little bit of vocal about their, the gluten-free thing. And it kind of turned into a punchline for a little bit. You know, people were making jokes about it and like, oh, you're not really celiac, so why are you eating gluten-free? And I got to tell you that it really kind of stuck with me and I felt kind of foolish uh, about, like, what people were thinking and that it became kind of a joke to some people. So I'm like, okay, well, I can get away without it. And then I noticed that I wasn't feeling great. I noticed that I was sluggish, and I noticed that I was gaining weight. Mm -hmm. 
and it kind of took me way too long to realize that I don't give a shit if they think it's funny or if they think it's absurd or ridiculous. Like the fact is I was so much better where I was without letting the thoughts of what other people perceive what I'm doing affect me. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do what's right for you and without any apology and you don't even really need to explain it. You don't know any explanations. Um, just do your thing and and take care of yourself. And forgive yourself, too. We all um, have our bad days, like Arthur said. And don't expect perfection. That's not realistic. Just build up the good days, string them together, and when you have a bad day, move on from it. Arthur had brought up something earlier. Pardon? Hello? Hi, Hayden. Hi, Hayden. I was just going to say, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I was just going to say with the subject of um, David that wrote in, um, he said that him and his wife were trying to do this, and he encourages her to buy comfort food, when they've had a bad day at work. So maybe they need to look as well to the DDP Yoga family for accountability accountability partners. I can never say that word that aren't part of their own little group. Someone external to their family who can help keep them on track as well. You know, being able to have someone who's going to call you out online or do something like that is going to really keep you on track, make sure you at least do you work out maybe three, four times a week, make sure you're still eating the right stuff because it's obviously they're feeding off each other um, with their own ideals of what they should be eating according to what the mood is in the house on that day. Yeah, That's the a accountability great idea. partner is always uh, – it's such a great idea. And Arthur touched on something earlier, and with Stacy and Arthur here, I think it would be kind of cool to explore this just for a minute, um, you talked about the accountability mm-hmm. partner, Hayden, and a lot of times people here on the DDP Yoga, uh, you know, the community and the boards and stuff, we're very open. When we get into our journey, we're so inspired and so excited, and we're very vocal about our successes. You know, we go on and we kind of tout, hey, I did this, and we're sharing all these amazing things that happened to us. And sometimes when you're that open and that out with your story, as Arthur and Stacy that has been, that when things get difficult – it's humbling to kind of go out there and let people know who you've just been, who've just been cheering you all this time. Uh, it shouldn't be, but some people kind of retreat when things get hard because they have been so vocal about their successes. And that I think is the biggest downfall in the pl- on, in the world for people. Uh, Rev Kev, he had lost, he had gained a bunch of weight after he had lost all that weight and he'd been so open and he retreated and it wasn't until he became honest and actually came out to everyone and said, Hey, I messed up. Things kind of went back you know, downhill a little bit and that embracing of the community and just letting it all out there and telling him what he's going through was the catalyst to get him back on the right track. Um, Where a lot of times we end up retreating inward instead of kind of expressing outward what we're going through, because I guarantee you, uh, they may not be, you know, open to say it, but I guarantee you the several probably dozen people out there that's experiencing just the same thing as you are. And if you can get into a collective unit, like Hayden could say, had said, you can kind of cheer yourself mm-hmm. on and kind of get all of each other out of that funk together. Yeah. You can all help each other one way, shape or form. Cause you, someone out there is going to be going through the same thing that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Stacey and Arthur. With with your stories well, being open and so public, do you think, you know, it's harder for you to kind of go out there and, you know, maybe if you weren't doing so well or if you had gained a little bit of weight, is it harder for you to go out there and ask with so many people knowing of your successes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a short answer, yes. <laughs> expectation, you know. Yeah. And... <laughs> But it's also very freeing, you know, to say, oh, man, you know, I've been having a rough time or, um, you know, I I slipped a little. And people are, at first, they're shocked because I think, you know, and Arthur will probably concur that there's this perception that that kind of stuff doesn't happen to Arthur because he's Arthur, you know. He's got that story. But, uh, you know, Arthur's human. I'm human. 
we have like like he said, we have our good days and our bad days, and you know life sometimes smacks you around. And uh, for me, my default coping mechanism still is food. It, I am just attracted to it. I, I could care less about alcohol. I've never liked it. I, I've ne- I don't do drugs. That doesn't attract me. But food still turns my head. And I have to really take care of myself in all ways and not allow myself to get too emotion- emotionally vulnerable um, and if I am feeling emotionally vulnerable, I, I really, I, I need to work on ways to deal with that other than, you know, comforting myself with food. And make no mistake, sometimes I do comfort myself with food. Most times my choices are much better than in my, you know, hardcore eating days. Um, but it happens. It happens. And then, but now I don't. See, I think I, I used to give myself this, this secretly I wanted out of, you know, disciplined eating. So I'd say to myself, oh, you know what? You screwed up. It's over. Now you can go back to eating whatever you want. I don't do that anymore. I don't do the black and white. If I have a screw up or whatever, a weak moment, I just am objective about it and note, note it mentally and note where I want to go from here which is not backwards, and move on. But, yeah, people are surprised that, you know, someone with a success story has their moments, you know, their moments of weakness. And it's, that's human. It's really what you do with it and how you handle it. And don't beat yourself up. Wouldn't you say, Arthur, when, when you have a, a down day or whatever, you, you can't be hard on yourself? You can't. I agree with that. You know, uh, I had a pretty rough year this year, and it beat up on me a lot. And the thing is, when something like that happens, you know, what's that old line that hits come hard and fast? You know, you just have to keep pushing yourself. You have to hang on to your daily routines and, and use those. And even when you mess up and you miss a day or two, you know, you have to jump back on as best you can and keep, you know, hanging on to those routines. It's the the good habits that you built. This is why we spend so much time talking about building good habits. Is that way when stuff happens that's bad, you go onto autopilot, but it's not a negative autopilot falling back into the bad habits. You go into, you know, an autopilot that says, Okay, I gotta get up and do my workout. Why? Because it's it's five AM and it's what I do. You know, you have to get up and and say, okay, I'm going to have this for lunch. Why? Because it's lunch and that's what I have for lunch. I have something healthy for lunch. And, you know, that's why it's so important to build those routines. That way, you know, when it does get rough, you have that routine to fall back on. You don't have to stop and think about it. You already know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And that's very useful. It's, it's very important to be able to have that routine. I mean, like I said. That's probably the biggest. Go ahead. I was going to say that's probably the biggest key to success for you and so many other people because no matter how shitty a day you have, no matter what life hands to you, you're still going to get up. You're going to brush your teeth. You're going to go to the shower. You know, you have that routine, that daily routine that's just so set in motion that it's it's so key when life kind of rattles your, your world a little bit that you can still kind of stay on that same at least kind of similar path. Yeah, because here's the thing. You never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, I had a uh, really, really rough day in in fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, my problem was I couldn't stop to process what had happened there was no time for me to stop and just emotionally deal with what happened I had to you know I had to go back to class I had help kids then after school I had tutoring to do then I had to go teach my class that night and then I had to go work with the young person that I work with you know, outside of school and by the time I finally got home it was like 10:30, and this thing had just been 
you know, festering in my brain case for eight, nine hours. And I'm glad I dealt with it that day because the longer you let something like that, you know, just sit, the harder it is to deal with it. You know, you you have to stop and think your way through it. I'll be honest, had things been a little different that day, I would have, you know, told my administrator, hey, I need half an hour, you know, to to sit down and deal with this. And, uh, you know, it it was pretty rough. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with situations like that, you have to take care of yourself. You have to, you know, whatever that emotional thing comes up that threatens to knock you off, you have to take some time and process it. If, you know, obviously as soon as possible, if possible, but if not, just you still have to give yourself that time to deal with it or it's just going to get worse and worse and worse until you finally do stop and say, okay, I'm going to deal with this thing. So it's really important that you process those events. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter how much... If you don't, they'll just keep haunting you. Yeah. Life is a way of, you know, no matter how much money you have, no matter how well off, how healthy you are, how amazing your life is, every single one of us on this planet is just a split second away from life just bringing us down to our knees. And it doesn't make an appointment. It can happen at any time. And you're so right, uh, Arthur. You know, it sounds so cliche, you know. You know, we've heard it a million times. You know, we hear Dallas speak it all the time to the point where it doesn't, you know, we don't actually process anymore. But uh, the the fact that, like, you, when you deal with something, you know, how you deal with it is going to change the outcome for everything. And, you know, Arthur, you could have just gone the other way with it. You could have just, you know, snapped and, and done your thing. And it's all about how we process it and how we move forward from it. And you've seen, you know, I've, I've looked at your video online. I've seen the comments under, underneath it. And, you know, you're an inspiration, you're a motivation, stuff like that. You know, the, the guy that I saw in that video who just overcame that, flipped the switch, it was a different person, and lived happily ever after, if, you know, that guy doesn't exist, first of all. But that guy doesn't inspire me. The guy who just flipped the switch and everything became perfect, that guy doesn't motivate me because I don't relate to that guy. I relate to the guy who, who, who made huge, big changes in his life and continue to deal with the daily bullshit and still win some, lose some, but on the other end, still coming out, you know, uh, ahead in life. And the fact that you have that bad day and that you're sharing that bad day and you shared the, the horrible day you went through, the shit you've gone through, the fact that you screw up and you've had a bad day, you've had a bad year, you've had a tough year, that guy I relate to because I've had a tough year and I've had bad days. Um, so it's always good to put into context that when you ran at the end of that video and stood on your head, that's not where your story ended. Like some people think that it's just happily ever after from there. And it's very important to share the, uh, the postscript from all of that and the daily battles that we face. You know, there's another aspect to it beyond that. And that's that we are all in this gigantic, mess, you know, this giant colony creature that's all of humanity, and I'm using that example kind of like from biology, when you talk about sponges, a sponge really isn't one one animal, a sponge is, uh, you know, a colony of tens of thousands of little individual sporocytes, excuse me, sephorocytes, but anyway, uh, You know, they're all living together, and they all have their own needs. And, you know, admittedly, if one fails, the rest of the colony continues. But if enough of them fail, the colony dies, obviously. And in a way, we're the same. We're each doing part of what it is, you know, whether you're a cop or a fireman or a school teacher or the guy who delivers pizzas. You know, everybody has a function. And if any one of us, you know, starts falling apart, then the whole group starts to, you know, fall apart a little bit. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of mutually dependent. Even though we're all individuals with our own individual needs and stuff, we all do things 
for, with, and about each other, whether you look at it on an economic model or whether you look at it on a social model. And where this comes back to, you know, to, to us and to DDP Yoga and to taking care of ourselves is that how we take care of ourselves doesn't just affect us. It affects our, our families, our spouses, our kids, uh, people we care for and people we take care of. You know, uh, if I was not capable, if I was tired and beat and so wrapped up in my own physical pain and immobility that I could not have observed what was going on, I would have missed what this kid's problem was. But instead, I was able to catch what was going on and do something about it, and it was hard, but it ended up being a really good thing for the kid. You know, I got I got them the help they needed. And the more you can do, the more you can do not just for yourself, but for others. You know, the more you are capable of, the more benefit you can be to other people. And that's really important. You know, back in the, uh, I want to say the Romance era, but I think it's wrong, it's Cavaliers, English Cavalier Poets. This guy wrote that no man is an island. You know, that we're all concerned with each other. It's, it's that old poem, the one that ends with, Ask not for whom the bell tolls, tolls for thee. Uh, you know, we are all tied together. And we can both provide strength to the others in our community, and we can also draw strength from that community. And I think that reciprocity is so important to us. Did I just get deep on you? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that, that, no, that actually, you know. processing that, it, Arthur. That was great. <laughs> no, yeah, that was really good. That was, uh, you know, poetic and informative. Uh, but it's, you know, it's so true. You know, it, it was beautifully put, better than I could have put it. But, you know, the message in there, you know, despite how eloquently said, is pretty simple. You know, we... You know, human beings, you know, in general, can't survive on our own. We can't, you know, sustain just by ourselves. And this is what this whole model was built off of, you know, the community and this stuff. And we can see that sometimes this can have a good positive impact as like the DDP yoga community, or it can have a negative impact. You know, some of these social media things can actually have like a negative social impact to people. And, uh, you know, it's important, you know, and that's what the the home of DDP yoga, the team DDP yoga was originally kind of set for, which you, you know, you were one of the original people on there, you and Stacy, and you still, you know, keep up with, uh, you know, the welcomes pretty often. Um, it can either be good, used for good or used for negative, and you got to decide which route you're going to go down because, like you said, we, we take and we give um, in life, and it can either be a, a harmful or, or you know, life-sustaining depending on how we make it. You know, we uh, try to find a good way to say this. We, we talk sometimes when we're working with when we're working with adults who are uh, limited in various ways with disabled, you know, when we work with disabled adults, we talk about them having a sense of efficacy. In other words, their ability to do something, their effectiveness as an individual, and their belief in that effectiveness. And it varies from subject to subject. For example, my, my sense of efficacy as a teacher would be a lot different than my sense of efficacy as a disco dancer, just to pull something bizarre out of my head. You know, one thing I know I can do well, I have confidence in my ability to do it, and I want to learn more so I can continue to improve my skill set. And the other, I just look at it and go, I ain't doing that. (laughs) And 
I think the broader our sense of efficacy is, the broader it becomes. The more things we are capable of doing and doing well, the more things we are willing to try to do well. And this is where having, you know, some kind of sense. Somebody writes me almost all the time, how do I get started? And I always tell them, you know, to be patient with themselves, to be nice to themselves. But the, the, the flip side of that is that you also actually have to do something. There has to be an authentic success, a real success. It's not every kid gets a ribbon day. It's, yes, you did, you know, you worked out every day for a week. That is something real. That is something authentic. I can never take that away from you. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not going to give you an award saying you're the yoga champion of the Western world, but you do have a week that you did every workout that you were supposed to do. And as you start building that sense of authentic success, as you build that sense of efficacy, then your ability to do more, like let's say just for the first week, all you can do is beginner, beginner. But you set a goal. You said, okay, my goal, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that three times this week. So you plan out. I'm going to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then Friday, when you finish that last workout, you're going, yes, I did it. I got a week. I, you know, I made that goal. And then you say, okay, next week, I'm going to do the same thing, or I'm going to add one more workout or whatever. But you set those goals that are reasonable and real, and you build a history of success. You build a history of success, and with that history of success, you're building that belief in your own efficacy. Once you say, okay, you know what, I've been doing beginner, beginner, and energy, and and whatever, to a point where I can do that, now I'm going to add in a harder one. Or now I'm going to go for two-a-days, or I'm going to go for everyday workouts, or whatever. And your belief based on authentic success in your own ability to create success increases the the number of things you're willing to try. And it also increases the probability that you will succeed. That's, yeah, that's such an amazing point. And hard for, surprisingly hard for some people to do. Uh, This kind of brings me to, uh, there's a guy I know who, who I used to wrestle with back in the day he was really, really talented, really talented, and he got he sent some tapes to uh, the the biggest game wrestling company in the town. He always had that dream of being on the top. He dreamed of being the, a superstar, bigger than anything else. He dreamed of it, and then he got the opportunity where they were calling him saying, "Send us your stuff. We're interested in you," and he never sent it. He never sent the tape, and I talked to him years later about it, and he wasn't honest about the fact that he never sent the tape. He told us that he sent it, but he came to me years later and he said, the the possibility of my dream still being alive was far more, terif- was far more uh, comforting than the terrifying nature of trying and failing. And there's a lot of dreamers and then there's a lot of doers, and sometimes the 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 ability to do is hampered by somebody's uh, you know, fear of failing. And that guy never sent that tape, and he never had that success that he always wanted. He's now way past the age where he could have possibly done it, but he had it. He had that opportunity in his hand. And for him, keeping his dream alive that someday I could do it was more important than going and doing it and failing it. And Arthur, you know, you could have easily, in your situation where, you know, you were confined to a wheelchair uh, most of the time, on crutches a lot of the time. Uh, well, if you would just, you know, admit it to yourself, like, okay, well, I dream that one day I'll be able to walk crutch-free. I dream that I'll be healthy again instead of just doing it and realizing that if I stand up and start doing this, I could potentially make an ass out of myself in front of people or I could potentially, you know, go down swinging. Uh, if you hadn't taken that risk and you kept that dream of maybe someday I'll walk but never actually putting that into action, how – uh, monumentally different would your life be? I'd probably be dead by now. Sorry. I would probably not have survived. If I had not have changed my life, I would be dead. I I believe that very sincerely. 
You know, it's terrifying. Real. Mm-hmm. Believe me, that helps me stay motivated. But here's the thing. You've got to try stuff. Even if you fail, you've got to try stuff. You know, uh, God, I don't want to start sounding like that song from Zootopia. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got to try everything. You gotta, you gotta keep trying. You gotta keep trying. You gotta keep trying, and you have to accept the possibility that you could fail. I mean, that's a reality. It's a spooky reality. It's a terrifying reality. It's not a pleasant reality. It's not fun. It's not one we want to accept. But it is the honest to goodness truth. You try stuff, you can fail. But if you try and you keep on trying, after a while, you start getting better. I'm. I'm doing some things now where my learning curve is so much lower than everyone else's. Uh, I am watching constantly. I'm in in a new endeavor of sorts, new hobby. And people come up and they they suddenly just pass me right by. And it's nothing wrong with me. I am making progress. I am improving. But other people are just improving way faster than me. But you know what? It doesn't mean that I'm quitting because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, it's it's a matter of not giving up, keep on trying, you know, unjam the sewing machine, start all over again. You know, it's, it's a matter of you just got to keep trying until it gets right. And it is very easy it would be very easy for me to have given up, but then I would not have met some truly amazing people, and I wouldn't have had a lot of fun, and I am actually making progress. I am actually getting better. You know, I'm taking on more complicated tasks. You know, I was talking to a, uh, one of the judges at a competition the other day, and he sat there and said, you know, that every time I go up, he sees something I'm doing better. And that makes me that made me feel really good even though I didn't really win anything big, but just that they're recognizing that there is improvement. That someone external, you know, it's not just me saying, Oh, I'm getting better. It's other people, you know, are watching me improve. And that's that feels good. It's, you know, people, people, and I, we're going to grab Stacey's email question. She's got one more right here. But, you know, people write to you, and I think they expect some kind of significant, like, you know, turn the key moment where everything kind of makes sense to them. And I feel people are sometimes dif- uh, disappointed in the lack of complexity to the answer because, you know, life is complex, but it really is just kind of a, a simple answer. And, it's not really the answer that we're looking for. It's, it's the, you know, looking within ourselves to kind of have us rise up to it, but just doing it, you know, just go out and do it. It seems so simple and so, you know, cliche, but it really is the answer to pretty much everything you want to achieve in life is just get up and try it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are so many things I do that, I am not the best at. In fact, I can think of very few things that I do that I am really, really good at. I'm really adequate in a whole bunch of things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just enjoying what you're doing, getting good at it, that is its own reward. You know, uh, we don't have to be the human pretzel. We don't have to be a stick figure. We don't have to be, you know, 98-pound anorexic yoga babe and spray on spandex. You know, we just have to be healthy and comfortable in our own bodies. And that's really important. If you are moving freely without pain and you are just a little bit stronger than you need to be to do all of your work. You're just strong enough so if something freaky happens, you can take care of yourself. That's really pretty good. You know, I don't have to be an 18-year-old paratrooper anymore. I mean, by, by logical definition, there's no way I could be an 18-year-old paratrooper. 
I'm almost four times too old. You know, you can't do it anymore. But the thing is, the thing is, I can be the best me right now that I can be. And that's what I need to work on, and that's what my goal is. You know, I want to be able to do my job as well as I can. I want to be a good husband to my wife and a good father to my boys. You know, I want to make sure that I feed my cats on time and that the boxes are clean and all the other important cat things are taken care of. You know, it's not a matter of needing to be, you know, triumphant over everything. It's a matter of being enough. And I think a lot of times people set these unreasonable goals. I mean, uh, I, I don't like going on the Internet a lot because people put these videos of themselves up on up on Facebook, or not the videos, uh, what is it, the mirror pictures, selfies, that's the word for it, selfies. And people... Uh, create this culture of an unrealistic expectation. And if you're healthy, and like I said, you're feeling really physically good and you're strong enough that you can do whatever it is you need to do, that's pretty awesome. If you're moving around without pain, that's a good thing. Yeah, well... Arthur, for for those, we didn't really mention it, I think, in the beginning. For for the people, very few that there may be who aren't thoroughly familiar with your story or who haven't seen the famous video, which I believe is titled Never Ever Give Up. Uh It's on YouTube. It has nearly 13 million hits. Um, And what I find so remarkable about it is not just the transformation that takes place on camera, but... The fact that you literally fall down, you know, to the ground throughout the video and, and you keep going. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's the perfect illustration and it's very real, you know, that this isn't always easy. And there, there has to be a certain level of acceptance that some days it's not going to be easy. But don't let that derail you. And uh, I want that to kind of segue. We have one more question from a a, a team member, and she's at the beginner level. Uh, Her name's Gloria, and she says she's been doing beginner-level videos for weeks and weeks, and she still cannot finish an entire workout. And uh, it sounds like she's getting a little discouraged, and she wanted to know, Arthur, uh, how long did it take you till you – saw and felt some progress with the workouts? My situation is a little different. I measured my progress a lot differently. You know, I was feeling things in my body. And for me, that alone was a form of progress. The fact that my body was moving... (laughs) So I have a very low, back then I had a very low level of, 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 you know, very low expectation. You know, it's like moving, feeling something. This is good. Now, one thing I would suggest, what was her name again, too? I'm sorry. Uh, her name is Gloria. Gloria, if you're out there, uh, one thing I would suggest to you, Gloria, is use your pause button. There is no requirement. Remember, this is not a graded event, okay? There is no requirement that you finish it without ever stopping. So you know what? You could sit there and do what you can, then hit pause, go to safety zone or go to pinfall and and get your breath back and then roll back over and start again. Do what you can and then roll back over and start again. And so it takes you a little longer. Let me give you a thought. A world-class athlete can run a 10K, you know, 10-kilometer race, right? 
in very easily in under half an hour. All right? A mature, non-athletic person in reasonable health could probably walk the 10K in about an hour and a half. How far have they gone? The same 10K. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you accomplished? The same thing. Now, let me throw something else onto that. That world-class athlete, that runner we're talking about, they're pushing their body to the very limit, which means they are also very, very close to uh. catastrophic failure. You've seen where people run and all of a sudden they blow out a knee because they're going that fast. You know, you see that a lot. And we're we're constantly being shown videos of, of professional athletes crashing and burning hard because the body won't take everything they're putting putting out for it. There was a, a story a few years back about a cross train master instructor who broke his own back trying to do a, was that, power clean, I think the move is called. I might be wrong, but you can I look it up. I heard about Trying to do yeah. something with a very heavily laden barbell, and he snapped it up too fast, and he almost killed himself. On the other hand, if you are moving slowly but consistently, hitting that pause button, being gentle with yourself, but saying, I'm going to finish this. Allow yourself more time. Okay, so it's beginner, beginner. Allow yourself an hour. It doesn't matter. You finished it. And you know what? In a couple of weeks, you'll be finishing it in 40 minutes. In a couple of weeks, you'll be finishing it in 30 minutes. In a couple of weeks past that, you'll probably be finishing it on time with the video. Authentic success. You set a goal, you met the goal. You set a little bit higher goal, a reasonable goal. You met that goal. Builds that sense of that belief that you're capable. It's so important because people, it's so important. People are afraid to humble themselves. And, you know, especially when the culture you talked about before, which I'd like to, you know, explore this on a future episode, Hayden and, and Stacey, if you're interested, but like the selfie culture, the Facebook culture, you know, we're able to project the image of me that I want you to see. I get to delete any pictures where I look fat. I get to only highlight where I am when I'm proud of where I'm at, at a baseball game or a concert. I don't get to put the, you know, the moments where I'm at the doctor for an infection or whatever it might be. You know, we get to kind of throw out this image of ourselves of perfection that I want you to, you know, I want you to, I show you who I want you to think that I am. And when you're doing that, sometimes it's it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, compete with in, in mentally, physically. Um, and it's so true because, you know, the Boston Marathon, the winner of the marathon is always in the paper. But other than that, the guy who finished number five and the guy who finished three days later both just finished the marathon. And it's so, it's so important to kind of not compare yourself to what the fastest guy in the race is doing. You never should chase the dream. I mean, you should always chase the dream, never the competition, because that's when ultimately, you know, you fail to measure up in your own eyes. Yeah. Can I throw a thought out at you? This is exactly what you said. I was at a con a little while back uh, up in Delaware, and Lee Merriweather was there. Does that name sound familiar? Oh, yeah, Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah. And when I was a little boy, well, not quite that little, uh, I thought at one point in time that she was the most beautiful woman on the face, literally, I thought Lee Merriweather was the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth because she was Catwoman. Okay? And then when I heard she was going to be at this con, I said, okay, I have to go see her. I have to go see her. Right? Uh, She was Miss America in 1955. (laughs) She is, I might be wrong here, but I think 81 years old. Okay? Now, for an 81-year-old woman, she's looking pretty good, but she's no longer Catwoman, if you know what I mean. But what picture was she autographing? Catwoman. Catwoman. 
that make uh-huh. sense? You'd be yeah. some, you'll be at a convention, yeah. and you'll be getting somebody's autograph, and the autograph, the picture they're signing doesn't look like them anymore. And that's what we see out on the, the Facebook and in the Snapchats and the all these other social uh, social media. I mean, it's there's something really wrong with it, and I think it's it presents us with a situation where we are rewarded for being disingenuous with ourselves. It's a really interesting kind of social experiment to kind of look into as well, the effects that's going to have on people. Um, You know, we're, we're able to scrub clean everything we don't like in our lives and just project this image of perfection. I mean, how often do you go up there and purposely go go share a picture of yourself that looks terrible? No, we're going to crop it. We're going to cut it in so it hides all our negative spots, and we're going to put up the best version of that that we have. And it just, I mean, that's just so, and I know that a lot of life is moving online and a lot of the world is, is more disconnected, but all, ultimately we have to exist in some sort of sense of reality and that unrealistic kind of projection of life where, you know, all we see are the pictures of your, you and your kids, you know, smiling like gap models. We never see the, the after bath time when they're screaming and throwing toys across the floor because, you know, I look at that as a, and if I'm a parent and I see this family with the perfectly groomed children and my children are a nightmare throwing things across the house, I'm going to think that I'm not as good as that perfect family on Facebook. And it's just a weird kind of spot we're in as, like a, as a culture to kind of just be – uh, you know, be able to put that out there and be so accepting of that, you know, uh, openly phoniness. Well, that's mm. it. It's what's a good word for it. Like I said, it really is dishonest. It's 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 dishonest, and I think it promotes a culture, like I said, where we are not just lying to other people, but lying to ourselves. And I think that's the real that's the real problem with it. I mean, lying to other people is one thing, because at the end you know that you're doing it. But if you lie to yourself long enough, then you're totally screwed because you sort of lose track of what is and what isn't. That's that's a great kind of thing to leave leave off on because you know as long as. You know, we can do whatever we want. We can probably get away with anything we want to in our private lives within reason. But you can't, you can't fool yourself. And you know, if you do, then that's all, the ultimate betrayal is, is lying to yourself. And it never leads to anything productive. It never leads to uh, you know success or positivity or uh, major changes. Um, and I think that's a great place to leave off on. And I want to thank Arthur for being here. As usual, uh, we try to get him on after the school year ends. And uh, you deserve a well-deserved couple weeks of rest, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always great to talk to you. Glad I could be here. All right. And uh, you got any good cons coming up, horror cons or anything? Uh, well, there's a little thing in Delaware, this, or excuse me, in uh, Southern Maryland, Dunkirk, Maryland, this weekend. I, it's, it's the first year it's ever happened. Uh, I was at BronyCon this year. That was pretty neat. I did shore leave last week. That was good. I've got an event this week, and then in August I've got the Masquerade of the Beasts down in Virginia. That's going to be interesting. Uh, and, of course, in September we've got – begin. well, actually late August, September, we've got the beginning of the school year, so there's a lot of stuff going on. If anybody's oh, up man. in uh, the Baltimore area and goes to Baltimore Comic Con, I'll be there. But you won't recognize me because I'll be in costume. <laughs> Uh, well, well you have a good help. summer, man. One year somebody recognized me, even though I was in costumes. So that was interesting. Uh, uh, well, you have you have a fun summer, man, and, and try to take it easy as best you can. I know you're still busy, but we appreciate you taking the time, brother. And, uh, of course, uh, Stacy, thank you very much. Uh, she kind of handles the mailbag and kind of coordinating all these things. So thank you for kind of uh, grabbing Arthur for us because uh, he's, he's very busy and you got to grab him just at the right time. Uh, and of course, Hayden, thank you so much for staying late. 
uh, we, we didn't hear from you much. And I got to tell you, sometimes I can get going and stuff. So feel free to just, you know, barge in. We, you know, I can, uh, uh, I can cool. speak. So I was, uh, right, I was quite well, enjoying just listening to Arthur. Yeah, and, and you're coming to Atlanta. Uh, you're leaving this Friday, so you're probably going to see uh, Hayden pop up on some of the workouts on uh, on the app. So definitely check that out, uh, the DDP Yoga uh, Now app, and have a safe flight, oh, man. Yeah. I don't know if we'll talk to you next week with all this stuff, but uh, uh, be good, be safe, and have fun, man. Thank you, and you. Okay, see yes, you guys. Absolutely. See you, uh, Arthur, and uh, happy birthday to uh, our brother Robert, who has the night off and I'm sure is uh, enjoying himself if he's not probably working right now on something else that's not DDP Radio. But uh, happy birthday, brother. Uh, We appreciate all you do, and uh, be safe out there. And until next week, for the lovely Stacey Morris, for the lovely Hayden, uh, my name is Mike Mullins. Until then, remember to never, ever, ever give up. See you guys. Bye-bye. Picked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh, the diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and, most importantly, own your life. This is Blog Talk Radio.